0: This episode of the Cutting Edge Podcast is brought to you by glassgadget.com. Showcase Innovations creates tools that help shower door installers be more efficient and save time. Check out glassgadget.com for more information. Hope you guys are doing good. I know I'm doing great. It's the middle of the week. I'm surviving it so far see y'all are too. Um, yeah, if you'd like to join us here in the Zoom chat room, you can just go ahead and click on the link there in the description on the Facebook page. Um, and uh, you know, you can always just reach out to me directly and I'll just send you the link like uh, you know, text it to you or email it and then you can bypass the whole Facebook thing altogether. Just come straight into the Zoom room. It's cool. That's what all the cool people are doing. Um, This evening, I don't have uh, any uh, guest speaker lined up, but um, I know that uh, some people were, were saying that they wanted to talk a little bit about branding and kind of understand what that means. What is a brand? And when people talk about branding, what are they talking about? And how is that different from um, you know, advertising or marketing, or is it the same thing? I don't know, but let's talk about it. You know, I know we've got a few people here on the call who have quite a bit of experience with that. And um, I, don't, I don't know. I I know I've got a bit to learn about the whole uh, topic. Uh, so uh, who wants to start us off on the branding topic?
1: Don't be shy. Anybody, anybody, just jump right in there. I can I help. help. I can help. <laughs> yeah, Bill, so, Bill Dobbin. Look at branding is, I found very integral as you go to grow your business because you want to sell your brand to the consumer. They should know your product and your quality based on your brand. It's not the same as marketing. You need to market your brand. You need to market your product but you need to create a brand. So if somebody hears GCS class, somebody hears My Shower Door, somebody hears Britton Tilson, they know what they're getting and you need to market your brand accordingly. And that goes everything from color, what what color appeals to people, what uh, your logo is like, if it's clean and fresh, uh, you know, everything. That's all branding, But, but then take it, the next step you can brand the product that you sell. And that's where I think a lot of the shower door professionals had been lacking, because if you go into anybody's glass shop or you get a customer that goes in your glass shop and say, what brand do you sell? Most guys are gonna say, well, C.R. Lawrence Cambridge or whatever, but it's not your brand, it's somebody else's stuff. So you should create a brand that will grow. Uh, Nike Nike sells sneakers, but it's their brands, the Nike brand, which are different than the Adidas brand. And branding goes with their logo, their placement, and everything else. So it's a really important part of marketing. So it's a part of marketing, just part of your overall mm-hmm. reach to the consumer. But lots of thought and effort should be put into that as you brand it.
2: Yeah. It's definitely strategic um when you're building a brand and brands brands survive recessions so people people know your brand they want to do business with people they trust so if they see your brand around they know your brand has been around for a while and you do a really good job getting it out in front of people's eyeballs um they they're gonna naturally trust that brand because it's been around like home depot walmart nike Starbucks, all those people, they build brands. They advertise on TV and they do all these big advertisements. They're not necessarily advertising they're advertising to get people in the door, but they're advertising their brand. They're just getting they're just getting their brand in front of people so you remember their brand when you need something. So, yeah, so- wrapping wrap, wrap your vehicles. Wrapping your vehicles is huge. People don't want to spend the it do have the expense of wrapping your vehicles, but it's not necessarily Wrapping your vehicles to make money off the wraps where people are gonna call you because they see your view, but it's you're driving by somebody, they're gonna see your brand, and then they might see your brand somewhere else, maybe on a billboard or maybe on a commercial or hear about your brand and be like, oh, that's that van I drove by or that truck I drove by, they're everywhere, and and but like your online brand is huge too. It's not just it's not just in person. So your online brand is big as well. When someone goes to look up a company like GCS or my shower door or whoever. They see you pop up everywhere. You're just not one thing online. You you pop up on Yelp. You pop up or wherever your brand is. You pop up, and people are gonna know that you're gonna be there, and you're not you're not gonna screw them out of money, and you're a bigger brand. So,
1: yeah, you're exactly right. There's trust and confidence that are built into that brand, right? And you'll see a lot of companies even advertise it that way. You, the brand that you can trust or have confidence in this brand. So it's it's very, very important for that. You know, Look at Chevrolet. For years, it was body by Fisher and AC Delco was the electronics in the Chevy, but it, the Chevy was the brand and they brought all these parts together and made the Chevrolet. But again, the body was by Fisher, the, the tires were by probably Goodyear or whoever they were using at the time. It was AC Delco and the radio and your electronics. And, and their brand is what brought it together. So that's what we do at My Shower Door. We make our own brand. And you can do the same thing. You can make your own brand, whatever your company is. And if you're using a C.R. Lawrence Cambridge, but you're installing it, you're packaging it, you can sell it as and just pick a name and go from there. I mean, I've been working with uh, uh, Mike Merlina in Massachusetts, and they're creating their brand, and starting to come out with their slider, their door and panel and everything else under a separate name. And that helps differentiate you in the market when a customer has gone to ABC glass shop and then they come into your shop. You wanna have something different than everybody else is selling. That allows you to charge the price you want because you're not comparing apples to apples anymore, comparing your brand to whatever it is they're selling. And pretty good chance they're selling a mongrel brand that doesn't have a
2: name. What's really important with that too right there, what Bill just said is when you're selling something that is your brand, that you're packaging together and reselling it as your brand, if you go out and give that customer a quote and you're the first one to that customer... They put you up here. You're going to have a higher chance of selling that customer up here with your product, because then when they they're going to they're naturally going to compare everybody else to you up here when you price that. So if you sell something that you're repackaging as your brand and then they go somewhere else and they're looking for it and they're like, it's just this is clear glass door and panel, whatever it is, they're going to be like, well, do you sell this over here? no, this is what we sell. It's the same thing. And then they're going to just start thinking like, well, they have a brand over here. Like they're selling something that's a little bit different. So it definitely it definitely helps. Well, let
3: me it. ask you something, guys, please. So let's say if I get like the Serenity from CRL uh, and I put my own brand, let's say Miami is lighting door, whatever. Do I need any kind of formal authorization from them for that? No.
1: No, no you don't. No, you- you're using no, their product.
0: Yeah, this is a good question, and it's and that's the thing I think people are concerned about when uh, talking about like this branding thing. Now, if you like, you know, it, I, you know, I've done a little bit of um, uh, product development, right? So I've I've got some experience doing like filing patents, provisional patent applications, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So if I if I let's say I invent something. Um, a tool, and uh, I name it something, you know, and, um, and I sell that tool under that name. Um, If somebody else was to produce that same tool and call it something else, they would be in violation of, of my, you know, intellectual property rights, because I invented that I have the right to produce it, and they don't. Now, if a company wants to buy that tool from me, and resell it and call it something else, I, I'll sell them as many of them as they want. In fact, I do that. Um, I, you know, I'll sell my product to another company and then that company, that distributor, they say, a lot of times they'll say, do you mind if we name it something else? And and I'm like, no, I don't, I don't care what you call it. You got whatever you want. How many would you like? Yeah. So um, as long as you're not producing the product yourself, you're not in violation of any copyright or or, or um, patent laws or, or anything like that, you know. Um, and any company that's producing something is going to be happy for you to sell. If you can figure out a way to sell more of them, they're going to love it. And so right. it, it's the difference between selling something that's generic, right, which is what we tend to do, you know, inline door and panel, you know, that's kind of the generic name for what you could call the super terrific, you know, hinging thing, you know, whatever, you know. I mean, if you come up with some cool name for it, you're perfectly well within your rights to do that. And then if you want to trademark that name, well, then there's a possibility that you could do that if you want to. And it can be the same old, you know, door and panel everybody else sells. But you've named it something. Now you've branded it mean um, like Brandon was saying you know it's like if you're the first out there and you call it something you know Brandon's terrific you know hinging door and then someone else comes along and they're trying to sell it, like oh this is just kind of a knockoff of Brandon's terrific you know hinging door because I've seen this thing before you know the first one to the market um really has the upper hand uh in, in selling that thing
4: so mm-hmm.
1: you know how so if I understand brand,
4: right go ahead I'm sorry go ahead no go, pray. Uh Licensing would be, Chris, if they get with you, you produce, or you have the patent on the product, uh, but then you license to them to actually produce the product. Is that the differentiator?
0: Yes, that's correct. So then licensing would be, yeah, they would <laughs> actually do the manufacturing, name it, whatever, and then just give me a little, you know, um, percentage of, of the sales.
4: Which right. Is- so I think that's where people are getting concerned is selling it versus and under their own name versus licensing. The licensing is the, the manufacturer of it.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's another yeah. approach you could do. I mean, you could, if you wanted to produce something yourself, I'm um, actually manufacture. A product that somebody else already has a patent on, you can just approach that, the inventor, and say, Hey, we'd like to um can we can we do that? Can we go ahead and produce that product and just give you a little percentage? And nine times out of 10, you know, that inventor would say, Yeah, absolutely. Let's uh, you know, let's work up a deal and then yeah, you just make them and just give me a percentage, whatever you sell. And that would be a licensing deal.
5: There's probably one more piece in between there, which would be private label. Right. Yes.
1: Right. Yeah, private labels, when you're buying something from that supplier and you're having them label it for you. Correct. Right? Mm-hmm. So they're doing all that lead work. They probably have a print uh, agreement with a printer or they're already printing their labels and they're just going to print it for yep. you. And you're still Sticking buying the product.
5: Yeah. Stick it on there. And, and to the gentleman's point earlier, how many do you want?
0: That's, <laughs> That's right. That's what right
5: color up. would you like? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Going to see like <laughs> big sticker or a little sticker,
2: <laughs> like Costco, like you know Walgreens, like or CVS, like they all their products are pretty much made from the manufacturers who make the best stuff, and they just have their their name on it, and they're literally right. just getting
5: it from them. Yeah, Kirkland brand is not Kirkland brand, mm-hmm. right? right? It's Cascade or it's a uh, Dawn or it's a uh, Cocoa Puffs or Great Juice, <laughs> or whatever mm-hmm. you know. So.
1: Talk about the power of branding, too, and showing the trust and the confidence. Think about a couple of the uh, products that you've known for years. For instance, like Chris was saying, usually if you're the first one to market, you have an advantage. So when Jacuzzi came out with the Jacuzzi tub, they had a huge advantage. Mm -hmm. Now, every time you go into a house and there's a Whirlpool tub, it could be made by Kohler or somebody else. People are still calling it Jacuzzi because they branded their name to that product
2: really Kleenex. Very, Kleenex.
1: Kleenex. Yeah. perfect clean z-
0: yeah how Ziro. about clo- closer to home how about arcadia doors
4: mm-hmm.
0: so our, one, i mm-hmm. mean for a long time like that's like the generic you know what patio door okay arcadia you know yep
1: another one was xerox I mean, Xerox is the first, first copier out there, and people are still saying, hey, go make me a Xerox. Now that's yeah. in the older age group,
2: but they haven't right. even been in business for years. And people are still calling copy machines Xeroxes. I mean, Starfire. Starfire did a really good job. There you know, go. Having a Starfire. Everyone calls a Starfire. It's low iron glass. It's just the brand, right? So, Herculite doors. Herculite. Yeah.
1: You got it. So Band aids so Kool-Aid.
0: <laughs> Jello. You know, perfect example of a I got a
5: good one. I got a good all right, one. All right. Escalator. Escalator. It's actually is a brand. It's really? actually a moving walkway. Hmm. Did not yeah. know that. Is the hmm. category? I didn't know well, that was a
4: brand. Yeah. I didn't either. Yeah. I was going to say when Bill, when you said Nike the first thing that popped into my mind was the same thing that everybody had in their mind was the swoosh. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: yes. Right? I mean, there was nothing else that popped into my mind. That's that's branding in its essence.
1: So when you think Jordan. of the money that they had to spend to make that swoosh a household right. name, they spent millions. There's a yep. movie coming out Looks in good. April about that, about how Nike had to spend and they went out on a limb to get the best athlete in the time, which was Michael Jordan. Oh, and that's right. I saw that. Yeah. What they had to do to, to get him to be the ambassador of that brand. Right.
6: One of the he best books, too. Shoe dog. <laughs> Great.
1: Thanks, Chance. Can always count on you for a book. <laughs>
6: that's
0: right. We <laughs> read stuff.
2: Yep. Now, brand- branding is super powerful. And even when you're marketing, sometimes you sometimes you pay to advertise just your brand just to get the reach, right? You're not really trying to sell a job, you're just pushing your brand out there. You're just getting more eyeballs to see your brand.
1: Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah. Actually, there's an argument to be made <laughs> that Keith is actually branding himself with the videos.
5: 100 percent
1: Right. So that that's a brand that he's that
4: he's building with that.
0: He is the brand. It is the <laughs> brand. Right. yeah
4: yeah yeah I was gonna say there's two brands right there's a personal brand and a corporate brand and sure. he, I he actually mentioned that uh when he was talking to me a, a couple of weeks ago That's right
0: exactly. well now it's just gonna comment on like what Brandon was saying earlier I know that um he was talking about uh when with the vehicle wraps and so the vehicle wraps rather than putting on you know, information like, you know, phone number, website or whatever, you know, his his thought on that is like, what's the point of doing that? No one's going to call the number on the van, you know, no one's going to be sitting in their car and call the number, but just to make sure that the brand, the logo, you know, comes through so that people see that. And it's, um, you know, it's kind of, well, the word, where's the brand word brand mean, you know, think of it, it's like a fiery thing that's seared in right so that's what you want your brand to do you want to like sear it into the mind of someone so like when they close their eyes they still see it you know because it's so bright think about like that nike swish i mean how genius is that to to have just a shape um that you immediately so immediately associate with a product and uh i mean there are probably a lot of others we could
1: think of um that have done that same thing you know you chris There's also sounds that are associated to companies. Yeah. That's the other thing. So you think of your senses. You go into a hotel and there's a nice scent or a smell there. That's their brand too. They want that really nice, fresh smell. So Donna goes out and gets the hotel air fresheners and puts it in every showroom. So when it comes in, it just gives you that beautiful smell. Uh, That's a brand also. People are going to associate your company with that brand
2: we're actually we're actually working with a company right now it's PHMG they're uh they do like phone recordings and stuff like that and they they actually create your own jingle Sounds- like yep. mcdonald's ba 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 everyone knows it right. or the netflix the you know so Who did
7: you say that was that you're doing that with
2: PHMG they're a national national company and they just create your your brand sound that you can use for your You know, your music in the background, they create, uh, you give them product info. So when people are on hold, it's been known that you close more jobs and keep more customers. If it's not just background music, when they're on hold or silence, it's actually educating them on a process and like giving them that customer experience while they're on hold. And it's just different, different recordings you can have. So yeah, awesome.
3: they're a good company, by the
1: way, Brandon. I worked with them for a while. They're very good. Nice.
3: Nice. Nice. Yeah, even though like Harley-Davidson, they patent they the the sound of the the exhaust. Okay, they patented that, huh? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. You listen to the,
1: the Southwest Airline commercial and they had that ding, you know, that every airline yeah. has when, you know, you can undo your seatbelts uh-huh. and you're free to move around. Right. So that little ding they use all the time. And now, no matter what airline you're on, you hear it, you think of Southwest. <laughs> because they've marketed that so yeah do you know that
0: like slot machines in las vegas that all of the the sounds they make are in the key of c because they just researched it and found out that that's that key of of like c major is the most soothing comforting um key in music so that all all of them, those jingles and stuff you hear in there are always in that key very interesting. Wow. It's all psychological. And, the, you know, when I think about like branding versus versus just like advertising or marketing in general, I think of like, um, like strategy as opposed to, to tactical, right? Cause like you think about like strategy is like um, a more, like a long-term big picture. Okay, what's the overall goal? What do we want to do? Well, strategically, we want to grow, right? Want to be more profitable. We want to install more shower doors. And then um, tactics are like the little steps you take to get there. So something tactical is like something that you do, you know, specifically in the short term to kind of um, that all add up to your, you know, reaching your strategic goals. So I think of branding as more of a a strategy, right? It's more strategic than tactical. It's more big picture. It's like something that you may not make money off immediately. I mean, you may not make a sale because you're you're getting your brand out there um, in the short term. But what you want is when it comes time for someone to buy a shower door and they're thinking, oh, who do you, who makes, where do you get a shower door? Who makes shower doors, you know? my shower door of course you know i've heard that a million times that's who i'm gonna call you know because it's like that brand is just seared you know into their their subconscious mind you know and it's like if you right. accomplish that you've got a good chance of making a deal when that time comes
5: there's You're a up. i'm a, a been a manufacturer for several number one brands <clears throat> and uh, sherwin williams monster um, right out of college and worked there for six years. And I didn't really understand brand positioning there uh, because I was too young. Right. And everything was just silver plattered. You got into every door and, and the like, but uh, then with Trex decking, which is the the pioneer of synthetic composite decking and, um, and then Azek building products, they pioneered PVC trim uh, for low maintenance and all building material products. And um, each, each one of those had three pillars. And, and building the brand and the tacticalness is, is right in the middle there. It's, um, make a better product, simple, right? Make a better mousetrap, mm-hmm. tell people about it and make it easy to buy. Those are the three foundation principles. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, tell people about it is kind of the tactical execution, um, you know, of making a better product and, and identifying it with a brand, right? That's the that's the executing the brand strategy with a with a product.
1: Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, you gotta be willing to spend some money to tell people about it, right? You mm-hmm. could spend all the time and build a perfect brand, but if nobody knows about it, what have you done? So you've got to right. let
7: people know. Yeah. Yeah. I got a question for everybody. How many people use Facebook advertising, like make ads on Facebook? <laughs> we did
1: for a while there
7: you go <laughs> we do yeah i do because i do i run an ad every week and i swear i get more business off of facebook ads or instagram ads mm-hmm. than instagram. about anything else i try to like advertise on i feel like those are my two biggest platforms that i get all my calls from you know because i always ask someone at the end of a call how did you hear about us you know, it's either Instagram, Facebook, or, you know, you just get the random person. Oh, I was just Googling countertops or glass, you know, cause I do granite and glass. So I just sometimes I, I feel like Google is like 15% and the rest of it's all Instagram and Facebook. Wow.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Facebook is really underutilized. That was like the little bit of advertising I was doing before was, um, Facebook ads and, uh, they were really they were really effective.
2: So the dip the difference between the two because we advertise with both we advertise on Google and we advertise on Facebook. Google is someone searching for a shower door they're gonna they're searching to buy a shower door and Facebook you're trying to get their attention you're trying to sell them a shower door so it's two set two different types of customers so you you end up spending a lot of money on leads a lot of times with Facebook because you're trying to you're, when you go to set, when you go to give them a quote, they're not quite ready. They don't even know how much a shower door is. So a lot of people are just shopping. Oh, this looks interesting. Let's just see how much it, it costs or they want to go ahead, but they're like, well, we're actually going to remodel the whole bathroom now. So we'll give you guys a call in a couple months when we're ready. So those Facebook, those Facebook leads take a little bit longer to mature than a Google lead that comes
7: in that is ready to buy right now. That makes a lot of sense, actually, because I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, I do get a lot of people on Facebook that are like, you know, uh, we're just looking for a quote and like, you know, where I'm based out of in Oklahoma, a lot of people won't give quotes unless they like they require that they show up and give a measure. And one thing that I've learned is that if I can just get block sizes from these people, I can give them a pretty decent quote. And I just let them, you know, once I get there, like if it's out of square and everything, you know, that's going to add to the price a little bit. So I mean, but I can get you pretty close within give or take a few hundred dollars. And I've won quite a few bids off of just giving block sizes over the phone because a lot of them are like, you know, we are shopping for bids. But what I get to and what I run into is that uh, these other companies won't give those block sizes. And I always guarantee you return around within 24 hours for your quote once you call me. Unless you call me Friday at 3 o'clock, then, you know, it's going to be Monday because my supplier and everything's closed. But uh, I find a lot of the times, though, that if I really just give those block sizes out and if you're within 30 miles, you're a free quote. If you're outside of that, it's a gas charge or a service call and I place half of that if you choose to go with me, I take half of that and apply it to your your final invoice. So you're not even paying a full service call and a lot of people kind of like that too, I find. Mm -hmm. I'd say we're talking talking about
6: two two different subjects. Direct response marketing is what we're talking about with you, I'm putting a dollar in and I'm getting $3 out branding is reputation, right? So you come into a new market, you go spend direct response marketing where I'm going to pay to play, right? I'm going to spend this money and I'm going to guarantee that when I put a thousand dollars into this, it's going to turn into $3,000 for me or whatever have you, right? Um, But branding is over time you know you can't do that near as fast you know for some of the guys that are just getting started direct response marketing is a great way to get into the game spend to play and then you always have to play it but you perfect it over time the other side of the play is branding like my shower door right a company that's been around has locations around town big signage on the they're at every golf tournament they're at the chamber of commerce you know meetings they're hosting their own events at their shop and getting people to come to their plant and all those kind of things getting the mayor to talk um those those things that's reputation that's brand there's a really cool company uh ghetto air conditioning ghetto hvac or whatever right large like 50 to 100 million, maybe do a little bit more. Um, And he says before he gets to any um Any new location, and he he wants brand, nothing more than brand. So a story tells tells the story of a brand. So if you have a good brand, you have a good story behind it that fuels that brand, right? And before he gets to any new location, he goes back to Bill's thing about the senses, right? He goes, I'm putting billboards on the most busy freeways, and it doesn't even have our website. It doesn't have a phone number on it. I'm not trying to sell anyone anything. I just want them to remember Gettle HVAC, right? So he puts a big thing up there with their their you know their name and a little logo of like this kid with a flashlight um and then there's a story behind the kid with the flashlight and it's him when he's a kid blah 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 and then as soon as i get the billboards up um now they're seeing me right they're seeing me every day they're driving those roads and they're seeing me every day subconsciously they don't even know they're seeing me but they're seeing me every day And then I'm getting on the radio and then I'm going to get on the main radio. So they're hearing me. They're hearing me every day. They're seeing me. They're hearing me. Um, And then I'll go play the Google game to go launch that location. But as soon as I get on Google and they start searching me, oh, I remember that company. Where do I remember that company? Oh, because I see their billboard every day on my way to work. Right. Um, So that's building fast brand and then over time throwing the events and all that stuff that's building brand and reputation and <laughs> all the good reviews that's the good stuff right there um she'll tell you all about it <laughs> sorry that's my little rant
0: hi Sean.
6: hi tata thank you, you. Know. anyone disagree with me there it's the same. <laughs> how
7: can no, i disagree I, with I that think that's good stuff i mean like i i just you know january i just completed my first year i'm just me and one helper So, I mean, I'm just starting out in the whole advertising and learning. And finally, like a year later, I'm starting to get that word of mouth because I've I've been in construction for over 12 years here. So like I have my name and a little bit of other trades that I did for builders for other places. And, you know, once they found out I had my own thing, they started using me, you know, because I was one of those people that they'd be like, you know, if Sam's not installing, uh, you know, I'll wait till he's available. Don't send anybody else to install my jobs. So like I have a really good reputation just because I've been in construction for 12 years, you know, I'm 33. So it's pretty much what I've done my whole life. And I've done it all around here, Tulsa locally. So uh, I've really come to see like the side a year later of what it is, you know, starting out, just trying to like push every ad and just, you know, you take those calls like I'm not ready. But, you know, you want to take them and like hope for two months later, that's a job that's coming. So, but I definitely see like a year later of now, like, okay, now we're let's focus a little bit more on like branding and like, like what y'all are saying. Because, you know, at first I really was taking every call I could get. I mean, I still do, but, uh, you know, I definitely do focus things in more areas, kind of like what you're talking about now.
2: And when you guys are designing your logos and your vehicle wraps and stuff, don't overcomplicate them. Because if you overcomplicate it and you might think it's a super cool logo, it might not appeal to the masses. You got to make sure it's the the clarity is there. They can read, it's legible. They can read it. And it's not just too overblown with graphics. You got to make sure that it's clear and it's straight to the point and they know exactly what they're getting. Because they they probably only have a couple seconds of looking at uh, a logo here and there, especially as fast as our minds are and everyone's attention span is now on social media you only you only have a couple seconds to catch people's attention so
0: Mm. so true you know i kind of made that mistake with my logo at showcase shower door it was like a cool looking logo um and it had like a lot of colors a lot of like um uh you know texture to it but it wasn't very legible Um, and even after having it re reworked, it was a little bit more readable, but it wasn't easy to just recreate, you know, in like four colors, which is what you want. And Actually a great logo you can do in black and white. Right. And it's like, um, and it'll pop or just, you know, a couple of colors. That's something that's good advice that, that Brandon's given right there about your logo, Mm -hmm. man. Keep it simple. You know,
2: make sure it prints well that's what i was going to say and logo, your logo should be able to be able to print in black and white and print in color and come across the same way and that's how you know you have a pretty legible logo is if you can do both of those
3: yeah that's Where's a great topic for today because I'm, I'm going through this situation right now i'm reworking my my logo so same thing as you did chris i had like three or four different colors and now I'm trying to make like two, two colors, maybe like a light blue or something, only like an accent. But yeah, just trying to make it simple as possible.
6: Logo, logomyway.com. So it gets like they you put a description of your the logo that you want right and mm-hmm. then you put a couple color choices that you want and then they put it up to auction to graphic design artists and then they all compete and then you rank them over time over like a time period so then everyone mm-hmm. starts to make more like the ones you rank in the top three um mm-hmm. and, and you get like way more logos than just going to one or two different graphic artists you know like the the styles will really open up your mind it's a really cool way to get a bunch of logos for cheap sorry. Oh, cool. Thank
3: you. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Awesome.
7: No, that's cool. I want to, I want to put a little point on that. Like I totally agree with like simplicity in your logo really is kind of key. Like my logo's just three colors. Like it's just black, lime green and bright, bright blue. So my whole thing was like, get those bright colors and maybe it'll just pop, you know, and it's just two, it's that light green and baby blue, you know, like, I don't know if you guys can see that logo.
0: Yeah, that's
3: cool.
7: But uh, it's simple. It says three words, Sam's glass and granite. You know, there's nothing else to it. And then on the side of my truck, I got my phone number right below that logo. It's just on my driver passenger door and on my real, rear tailgate. Now, I used to work for another glass company, and they paid for like a full wrap across the entire van and showed like a picture of a bathroom and then had like their name on the side in red. They paid like four or five grand for it to wrap the whole thing. And it's so busy with just the picture of the background of the bathroom that you can kind mm-hmm. of hardly make out the name and the phone number. And they would always complain, you know, like every time they get a new vehicle, here's another four grand on a wrap. You know, I paid 350 bucks to get my two front doors, and my rear tailgate with just a simple logo and my phone number under it. And I honestly get a lot of people that call like, man, how many trucks do you have? Because I always see it. I have one truck. It's just, <laughs> I got one truck. I've had the same, yeah. I, I see your stuff everywhere. Just like your bright colors just always pop out. I And I'll be going to a customer's house. They're like, I seen you earlier today at 101st and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, your stuff really sticks out. So, and, you know, I have another version that's three colors, but it's black, white, and gray. It's not just black and white. It's black, white, and gray since I've got the three color thing. So that's another thing you can do too is like, try to do that way because you know i go to the gym too and there's a lot of people you know when you work out there's a lot of people that are builders and other people that are looking for stuff and i always wear my business hoodie to the gym because if someone sees that while i'm working out i've had people come up to me that are builders like hey i'm looking for a frameless shower i get talks off of that too so and i mean all my stuff i wear to the gym is black white and gray because you know you be sweating and stuff you don't one all this colored stuff and then getting sweat marks and stuff on it, you know?
0: That's right. That's right. Well, who else can drop some wisdom on us? Been around for a while about this whole branding thing. I can. Okay. Let's hear it.
8: <laughs> I just started um, actually like two days ago. I started a, a YouTube. YouTube is progressed to like Instagram where you have Instagram reels you, YouTube has shorts. What I didn't realize is YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world. So when I'm uploading all my content, um, let's say I'm making something on Instagram or whatever, I, I'm loading it now into the YouTube. It's very easy. It's very user friendly, just like the other platforms. Same video with a preloaded, like copy and paste. I call it a script, like the wording with the website, but. Even furthermore, when you go to the app store, you can download an app called YouTube Creator. And the amount of analytics that you can get off of every post is like no other platform that I've been on. I've only been on it two days, I can't get off of it. Because it, it, it gives you like real time, real good data. And it's not flooded with users right now. So your viewership is a lot higher. Like all my reels that I've posted on here are getting in the thousands for views when I'm not over on Instagram because it's saturated with content. So unless you hit like the perfect piece of content, it doesn't pick up any viewership. YouTube is kind of still an undervalued attention. And so it, it climbs a lot faster, but if you can get creative with your word tags, Um, because YouTube is a search engine, you know, think about it. You see a movie or a lyric and you're like, Oh, what is that? And I find myself going to YouTube more than Google because I know it's going to be in a video. Mm -hmm. And so if anybody's looking up wine cellars, frameless shower doors, and they want to see a video and and you're already producing content, you should want to produce it or uh, upload it onto YouTube, YouTube shorts. And then download that um, app because the amount of analytics that you can get off of it is is really beneficial. And the barrier to entry to get paid, like on the other uh, platforms, Instagram and Facebook, you only need a 1,000 followers. And so you can get that actually pretty quick versus the other one needing like 10,000 followers. So you can actually start getting paid off of your advertising um, at a 1,000 followers.
3: Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, you think that song. You gotta be stopping to selling glasses, right? <laughs> sell you, both.
1: Sell glass and information.
4: Yeah.
1: Right. One more revenue <laughs> stream. Yeah.
2: The information sells the glass, so you build you build both. You give out the information, and you'll you'll sell the glass.
6: And yeah. YouTube is awesome, Keith, because you're like you're putting it on there, and the search lives forever. So if anyone's ever looking for that and your keywords are hitting up and you have way less attention and like it's not like people are getting on uh, Instagram and searching things because it, you know, it's still falling in that Google category. So like-
8: I'm hoping to catch your eyeballs when I do a stupid video, like punching yeah. Jay in the ball. And versus <laughs> on YouTube, they can search for you and accidentally find you. So you're kind right. of getting quite to the apple.
1: Well, the, the other benefit though is because YouTube is owned by Google Your rankings Mm -hmm. go up in your organic searches just because of the amount of content you have on YouTube Mm -hmm. for sure. So you're more relevant, you're more relevant, the
8: the backlinks and everything in there, too. I'm just still learning it, but if you're going to get in one, that should be another one you get into as well as the YouTube for sure. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) So that would be the tactical part, Chris. Right, you got to build your brand, but the tactical part is using something like YouTube and Facebook and Instagram. But we're, what Keith is saying is, you get a huge bang for your buck on YouTube now. Huge, you become more credible. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, YouTube's big. YouTube Shorts have been a been a thing for a little bit that has been untapped that no one's messed with. We actually have a whole YouTube plan. We just we ended up never rolling it out quite yet, but we have we literally have the plan to go to YouTube Shorts. Talk
0: a little bit about uh, YouTube Shorts. What does that mean?
2: YouTube Shorts are just like reels, but for YouTube. So you'll have 30-second reels or 90-second reels on YouTube instead of watching a 10-minute video or something like that. It's the same thing, but it's just it's if you're first the market on it right now, you can really gain some traction.
0: So now is that, so is it just anything that is under a certain um, length of time will automatically get categorized that way? Or is it something that you have to do on the front end?
6: You have to play the shorts game. So you have to, like, you're posting on YouTube shorts, like on Instagram you or Facebook, you post a story and you post in your feed and stuff like that. It's kind of like that part of it, but shorts is... <coughs> The people like since TikTok came around, if any of you ever have just browsed on TikTok, you browse on TikTok and you can learn things in 30 seconds because they're giving you two second, three second, six second clips, like teaching you how to do a step by a step by a step. So the way that like people are learning these days is like in so much faster pace than it ever has been in the history of mankind right so YouTube used to be like you would teach your training process and you put up a video camera and you show the whole install happening right and you're recording this and then you're putting some transcription of words over it, and saying hey this is our training video and you're super proud that you made this video to teach new guys how to install door and panels right But then a YouTube short, you would take all of that and condense it down to 60 seconds or less and show each step and how you're doing each step like really um, quickly um, in two to six seconds because that's all people's attention spans have these days. If it doesn't catch their eye and keep them engaged, then they're boom, they're on to the next thing. Mm
8: -hmm. That's why on a lot of the videos, and Chris, I think you just did that on one of your videos where if like I go through an edit and cut out a lot of the dead air space, because it makes it much more appealing to the ear because of the attention span that uh, Chance was talking about is so limited. And so you're not actually giving them a chance to say, wait, there's a break here. I can walk away from it. It's it's (laughs) continuing to go.
0: Yeah, love it. Yeah, it's funny because like for me personally, and it's weird because there's like these really long format videos now, like people go for hours and hours, you know? And then, um, and then there's like these like 10 second things. And I'm, I find that I'm drawn to those extremes myself. You know, I either want to watch something that's three hours long or like not longer than like 12 seconds, you know, and I don't know what, what it is about that. It's really weird. Something that's 10 minutes long, long seems like either too long or too short to bother with. Mm. Uh, um, and they're really kind of tapping into that, that psychology. So, yeah, I think, you know, figuring out how to say something really quickly and really concisely is um, something I'd like like to learn how to do. I've been practicing a little bit lately. Lately, but. We
2: send, we send um, little short videos to our team and stuff on training. Like if some, someone has a question and something needs to be done, like in the office and they're not sure how to do it, just a really quick Video, just here's how it's done. And they just pick up on it so much quicker. I like to send GIFs. Yeah, Rob's the best with GIFs. Just send the GIF over and it gets right to the point And it's like, bam, done. You don't have to call. You don't have to do anything. It's just a GIF and it's done.
0: So talk about how does culture and branding meet and meld? Does it?
2: Does Because our guy, so as for us, we like our swag, right? Like at GCS, we're known for our swag. We have the best hats, the best jackets, the best, like we, it's always new. It's always getting updated. We're we always have it. And the guys love it. And the guys, the guys want two of everything so they can wear it with their going out stuff, not just for work. They like, I want this hat because I want to wear this hat on the weekends. So when I go out and right there is building your brand because your employees are wearing your brand out and there it's just more people are seeing it. What do you do? What? How do you know GCS? For example, my neighbor, when I moved in five years ago, didn't really know who I was. We just started talking and he's a fire captain and he goes, Hey, um, I was just, wasn't a good story, but He's like, hey, I was just on this call the other day, and this guy that I was helping out, um, he he had a busted face because he was drunk and he fell and hit his face, and he's like, he had a he had a GCS hat on. Yes, so and um, it, it wasn't one of my employees. It was actually an old friend of mine. Uh, and anyways, but it just they saw the brand or uh, a guy that used to work for me. His son plays uh, t-ball with. Uh, my banker and my banker was out there and he's like, GCS glass. How do you know, Brandon? Like, so just them wearing the brand out out or, out and around and building that culture where they, they want to wear your stuff. They're bought into the company and they want to brag about the company they work for because it is a good company. It just kind of builds that brand along with that culture.
7: I got a question for you. So you're talking about, you got like the best hats and the best shirts and everything like, How do you go about designing them? Do you use like an app or like Canva, you know, and just kind of put some stuff together and add your own images? Or do you have someone create that stuff for you?
6: He lives for that shit. That's how, (laughs) (laughs) that that would be his backup career if he could do it.
2: No, I, uh, I I just take our logos and stuff. And then I have ideas like for like this right here, it says shower doors or whatever down the sleeve. I'll just give, a. will look for fonts that I like or something to kind of add somewhere. And it's just kind of, I have the, that eye to to do. And I send it to my graphics guy that I, or my screen printer who I've been getting my hats and shirts from for the last nine years. So we have a really good relationship. So he'll just, they'll just put it together and send me a mock-up to see if I like it or what needs to be changed.
7: So see what I've been kind of playing with lately, but I haven't like done any major moves, but like, I don't know if you all know the app or, The application canva i use that to make a lot of my advertisements on facebook and stuff like that but you can also like design other stuff and i've been putting like stuff together to where you know like established 2022 sam's glass and granite and also like you know you get on some of like glazer nation or something like that and you can see some funny like glazer quotes and memes and Mm -hmm. stuff like that and you can kind of take you know inspiration from that and kind of make your own funny little things. you know canva like that.
2: Canva is pretty, pretty good. I mean, a lot of people use Canva. I mean, web designers use Canva to build pages out before they actually build them out. Uh Canva, you can build, you can uh do pictures and to help with the uh, social media. They have different stuff in on Canva for that. So Canva is a pretty good, pretty good app. Mm-hmm.
7: Yeah, that's pretty much what I use for all my Facebook advertising. Like, you know, I take a picture of a bathroom and then set some fonts in it, you know, like custom frameless showers and custom countertops and just play with that and do a lot of that. And It really seems to like make a big difference instead of just taking a picture and then just, you know, having some text in the ad. You know, I I feel like when you put a little bit more color and stuff into the photo, it kind of pops as you're going across someone's feed.
2: Quietness. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, getting back to, you know, what we were talking about a minute ago um, with with culture, you know, culture and branding. I mean, I think culture can be part of your brand. And I think it's it can be an important part of your brand because your branding is not just for your customers. Right. Your branding is for your employees, too. Your brand is for the people you want to attract. You want to attract the best people to work in your organization, you know. And so I see that, you know, some of the people who, uh, you know, I think are killing it out there, some of the people on this call, as a matter of fact, um, have an eye towards that. They're, they're people you know, and they're building a community, they're building a culture within their organization. <laughs> and I think branding is a big part of that. If I think of a company, you know, actually I was at a local grocery store <laughs> here in Santa Cruz, California. It's called New Leaf, you know, it's kind of one of those hippie places, you know, with all the organic stuff. Yeah, yeah, I go there. Well, anyway, I was in there waiting to get into the restroom. As a matter of fact, I'm just gonna tell you all of my uh, my whole story here. Um, no, I'm standing there waiting to get in the bathroom. Somebody was in there forever. And then, uh, and there's an employee standing there waiting with me, you know, so I strike up a conversation with him. And I was just like, um, Hey, how do you like working here? And he's like, Oh, I love it here. I've been here for like 15 years. And he starts talking about place, you know, and, and all the things he loves about it. And it was like, I knew that already, you know, I didn't have to ask the guy because I go to that store all the time and I see how people act. I see, you know, I mean, I can tell by the mood people are in what the culture of the place is like, right? I mean, if people are crappy and mean and grumpy, you know, it's like, you know, that their managers suck. You know, they're not not being treated right. Because it's like the people, the leaders in an organization are responsible for that, the mood, the attitude, the culture. And I think a, a huge part of that is your brand, you know, it, it, you know, to be a company where people want to work, where they enjoy working, where they're valued. You know, um, one of the things I love about uh, GCS uh, that, that's going on is I see how um, a lot of efforts being put into finding out about people, what their personalities are like, what their characters are like, what their strengths are. And plugging them into the right jobs where they're going to be the most happy, where they're going to be the most fulfilled, where they're going to be the most productive. And, um, yeah, I'm really proud, you know, to be to be a part of something like that, you know, because I think, you know, I mean, you can make money doing all kinds of stuff. Right. Um, But, you know, to have a career where, you know, that's that cares about people, you know, is a big thing. And it's like that's something I see a lot here you know, and, and the company is, you know, represented um, in this group. It's just like people who care about people, people who are really about people. It's like, yeah, you know, we do shower doors. Yeah. You know, we do awesome bitching, you know, glass stuff, you know, but really it's about us. It's about, you know, um, taking care of each other, you know, for most of us, you know, this is a, a family craft, right? I mean, most of us are in this because, you know, it's, it's what our family did. You know, some of us have just come into it in one generation, but, uh, but a lot of us, you know, are, are part of this community, this kind of a small community. And I don't know, I'm kind of on a soapbox right now, but it's kind of my shelf. So <laughs> I can do that. So what do you think? Am I on the right track?
1: I think you're on the right track. Chris, you crushed it. I mean, that's exactly what it is. Anybody down here wants to grow needs to value their employees. The employees are what's going to help them grow. You can't go out and install 50 shower doors by yourself. You've got to have somebody, but you've got to train them, treat them as a professional, and then understand what they're going through also. The harder part is just making sure that they're happy. The job gets done, treat them with respect. There's times that jobs don't go in. How do you handle that? You know, even if they made the mistake or they dropped the glass and broke it, how do you handle that? I mean, mm-hmm. they're human, right?
7: Yeah. How do you handle that, Bill? <laughs> <laughs>
8: if you want a good temperature of how what your employees think of you, any one of you even questions what they really think, you should go up to them tomorrow and say, Do you believe that I work for you or you work for me? And if your culture is top notch, you should be working for them, or at least you should be perceiving that to them, that you are there to work for them. And if you can wrap your head around that concept, which is foreign to some people, believe me, if you can wrap your head around that, the amount of work that you will get out of an employee will blow your mind if they truly know that you're there to help them and them first. Mm -hmm. um, that's that's how you would max out uh, any opportunity to a team member that you'd have but a lot of people can't wrap their head around no way this is my business I built this they work for me and and you have that right to do that your business but that's not how you produce phenomenal culture Um, that's not how you get you know generational employees not with that attitude never work
2: Mm -hmm. I've always said employees is the hardest thing in business is to be able to manage Mm -hmm. Everything else is easy. Once you figure out how to manage employees, you win the game. Yep.
8: People will kill for
0: you. Mm -hmm. How do you do you know that for sure?
3: Yes. (laughs) I've had employees employees (laughs) that I may I may or may not know. I
8: may or may not
3: know where they're buried.
8: I, 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 Look
2: this at our last tri- receivable. <laughs> last uh, Christmas party, one of my employees said, Oh, don't worry about that guy over there. Brandon's not going to do anything. So you told my wife, Brandon's not going to do anything. As long as Brandon just puts money on my books, we're all good. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: right. <clears throat> uh yeah.
1: Kind of mm-hmm. accurate, isn't it? <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. Cause I know, like, I want to do business with a company that, people like being at, you know, it's like, I mean, that's a great, you know, advertising or marketing branding for sure. You know um, if, if you know somebody who works for that company and they love working there and they, that company is treating them well, aren't you going to want to do business with that company? Absolutely. I mean, if you have a choice, you know, all things being equal people want to do business with a friend, you know, people would much rather do business with a friend than someone that they don't know, you know? And it's like, you can't be everybody's best friend, you know, but you can, um, you can by extension, you know, be friends with a lot of people, especially if, uh, You know, the people, there are people who work for you, whether they're people, you know, you who are employees or people who um, are customers or even your vendors, you know, your suppliers, Uh, you know, if, if we're treating them, you know, with respect and, and good humor, um, you know, they're going to send people. I've had, I've had suppliers send work to us.
8: Right. Chris we go to dinner religiously probably once a week at the same restaurant it's a little bit higher in restaurant we get any companies to come into town we always go to this restaurant the food is a little overpriced and it's good it's not like mind-numbingly good (laughs) but we go there because they treat us like royalty the second we walk in it's like we're we're their first customer and we've been going there for literally 10 years. We could go to a hundred other places and save a fortune. We go there because the way we're treated and it's, that's powerful. Mm-hmm. I mean, powerful.
2: You take care yeah. of your, you take care of your employees. Your employees are going to take care of the customers. Mm-hmm.
8: Oh yeah.
1: Hey, I know we're running late, but I'll tell you this one story that lots of times when you do things, you don't, you're doing it because it's the right thing to do. Not because you have to do it, but if you have the right culture and you're doing it because it's right, you're not doing it because you expect to cash in at the end of it. But it's funny how it works. Uh, During the hurricane, we had deposits on shower doors for quite a few jobs, but some of the people literally lost their homes. Water came in, washed them out. And they called and asked if they could get their deposit back. And we had already made the glass, we just ready to schedule the installation. And I said to the lady, I says, what kind of a company would we be if I wouldn't give you your deposit back? Granted, we made your glass. It doesn't matter. When you're ready, you'll come to us. You know, we closed three jobs this week because of their neighbors mm. said, I heard how you treated so-and-so. We want to do business with you. Wow, Three jobs this week. And it was only because we did the right thing. But that person told somebody else. We didn't advertise it to anybody. She told them that's your brand. That's it. Exactly. That's your brand. And that won't go away. That'll stay. And we're going to build that reputation based on that community. Give to the community. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's great. Yeah. It's that was great. that was the perfect
0: <laughs> closing story. Bill Dobbin, you've done it again. All right, everybody. <laughs> great seeing you. Thanks for showing up.
2: Good Who's talk. Our guest? Who's
4: our guest next week? Yeah, talk about that.
2: Dance, you you know it, right? I I don't have it written down.
4: It's Mitch, right? Mitch Kitchen Gitch- from Precision yeah. Glass.
2: Mitch
6: Goodman. He's at a, he worked at HMI, he's worked at a lot of big places, started as an installer, um, now works at HMI. They are barely five years old. Um, they've done where they've had $500,000 days as a tempering oven or tempering facility already. Um, and he's there running their inside sales team um, and going to be talking about vendor vendor and installer partnerships instead of relationships like how you can actually partner with your vendor and work more, more coordinated with one another um should be a pretty good talk
0: hmm. awesome Good thanks, chance
7: cool. nice no thanks for lining
0: talking? that up for us buddy i appreciate that man yes, you sir. One one, so hopefully i
6: can make it sweet yeah everyone loves mitch that if you know him you love him he's been through what goes
1: down to texas and um, yeah. yeah mitch is a cool dude hey chris this new format is really good you can see the energy how the uh, the viewership is building you've done a great job chris
0: thanks Bill. hey yeah. appreciate appreciate okay. all your help yeah especially you guys thanks for helping to line up some speakers we got a few you know the next few weeks lined up so um keep them coming man and well, uh we'll see you next Next Wednesday, same time, same station. Hey, this is Chris Phillips, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast. You may want to join the Shower Door Professionals group on Facebook. Just go to Facebook and search for Shower Door Pros, and you'll find us. I look forward to seeing you.